you, Brother Ray, for getting water. Brother Ray gets water for me every service. <coughs> and I never use it, but <coughs> tonight I did. Thank you, Ray. Luke 10. <coughs> and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils <coughs> are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. That the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, <clears throat> pardon me, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. I want to read to you in verse 20. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I want to preach to you tonight with God's help on rejoice and rejoice not. Rejoice and rejoice not. Let us pray. Reverend, everybody's in the back. Reverend uh, Tuhig, sir, would you please pray over our messenger messenger. Amen, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> this is interesting. The disciples were sent forth by Jesus to go and minister. And minister they did. And as they were doing something for the Lord, they met demonic opposition. Now that's not unusual. If we're going to go forward for God, there's going to be demonic opposition opposition. Amen? You're going to have somebody who comes up against you. The devil doesn't like the fact that we are serving God. He doesn't like the fact that we're trying to rescue people out of God, out of the devil's kingdom into God's kingdom. And so there's going to be opposition. And yet we find that when Jesus sent them out, he did not send them out without power. He gave them power over all unclean spirits. And so as they went forth and they were ministering and healing and helping, and this demonic opposition came against them, they cast out the spirits. And after they were done ministering, they came back with a little bit of a twisted attitude or perception about what happened. Now they came back happy, and that's good. Because Christians ought to be the happiest people on earth. They say that Disney is, the, Disney is the happiest place on earth. But the church ought to be the happiest place on earth. Amen. 
I mean, we're on our way to heaven. My sins have been forgiven. I've got a God, a Father that loves me. I've got brothers and sisters that got my back. Amen? I mean, church ought to be the happiest place in heaven. If for no other reason than I know I'm coming to be in my Father's house. And in my Father's house, I'll, I'll feel His presence. I'll get to worship Him. I'll get to be in His presence. So they came back, but their attitude was just a little bit twisted. Because they came back rejoicing, and it's good that they rejoiced in, in the aspect of they were helping and ministering and serving other people. It's good. It's good that they came back rejoicing because people were blessed by the ministry. Them sharing the good things of God. Good. But they came back with an attitude that was a little twisted. And they said, Lord, the spirits were subject unto us. And Jesus began to share with them the backstory. Hey, fellas, I want you to understand something. It wasn't because of your great spirituality that they obeyed you. It wasn't because of, of your great, because you had a big cross on, or you had a, a, a ring of garlic around your neck, or you had a red handkerchief from Haiti, or you had all the, it wasn't any of that stuff. And he tells them the story. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now he's talking about the time when Lucifer thought he was so bad he was going to cast God off his throne. And he arose to heaven and said, I'm going to make my throne in heaven. I'm going to be like the most high. And Jesus said, I saw when Satan came up with that pride, I saw him being cast out of he heaven like lightning. And so he tells him the back story. And he said, I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, don't rejoice in this. You'd have it backwards. It would be awkward for you to go around saying the spirits are subject unto me because that would be pride. And that's the same reason that Satan got cast out of heaven for. Do you see? He said, don't rejoice in that. That's a poor reason to rejoice. That Number one, it wasn't because of you that you've got power over them. It was because of me. And so you don't have anything to rejoice about in, that, in the sense that you have some great power of your own might. It's because I've given you power. I don't want you to rejoice over that, but you should rejoice, yes, in the fact that you were serving and you were spreading the good news. But not in the sense that you had something or that it was because of you. And so you look at this and you begin to understand. He said, I want you to rejoice not because the subject unto you, but then he gives us a reason to rejoice. I want you to rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And we're getting to the, the crux of the message. We as Christians have a reason to rejoice. And I want you to understand something. We have been given tools in our Christianity to fight against the most prevalent spirits that come against us. What are those prevalent spirits that fight against the Christian? They are spirits of doubt. They are attacks on our Christianity. They are attacks upon our faith. They are spirits of discouragement and fear. They are spirits of entitlement, grumbling and complaining and discontent and ungratefulness. All these things tend to try to attack a Christian because if they can find a root or a foothold in your life, they will undermine and sap your strength with God. And so he says, I'm going to give you a reason to rejoice. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, he didn't say rejoice because you got a good job, did he? Now, if you got a good job, that's great. He didn't say rejoice because you got a perfect marriage, did he? 
Now, if you got a good marriage, wonderful. He didn't say rejoice because you got a new car, did he? You know what I'm going to say next? And if you got an old car, great. Because <laughs> even an old car is better than what most of the people have in the world, right? He didn't say rejoice because you had a good hair day or that your, your clothes look good today and you really took a good Sunday selfie and you showed everybody just how perfect. He didn't say rejoice because of that. He didn't say rejoice because of anything on this earth. He said rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He was giving us the long-term view that one day we're going to go to heaven. Therefore, I've got a reason to rejoice. Now, that is great because it disconnects me from my surroundings a bit, doesn't it? It says I've got a reason to rejoice if i got no money. I've got a reason to rejoice if I'm suffering in my body. I've got a reason to rejoice if I've got relationship problems. I've got a reason to rejoice if i got job problems. If i got got car problems, if I got family problems, he said rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now you got to understand something, I really want you to get this, I know some of you have heard it before, but I'm not sure you're using it. There's a reason why God said enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise, because when we come into the presence of God, we want to create an atmosphere where God can move. You say, is there an atmosphere where God can't move? Well, there's an atmosphere where God chooses not to move. You can look in the New Testament and find where he went to a city and he said he can do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. So God can do anything, but there's an atmosphere he chooses not to move. He said, I'll just leave them alone. They don't want to believe, fine, let me go find somebody who does. And so he gives us this little crib sheet. If you want to receive a blessing, if you want to have a, your, your trunk open to receive, then one of the things you should do is enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Why? Because thanksgiving is a tool against ungratefulness. Thanksgiving is a tool to fight the devil. When you begin to thank God, God, I thank you my name's written in heaven. I thank you I'm going to die one day. I'm going to be in the, uh, uh, in the, on the streets of glory. I'm going to see Jesus face to face. I'm going to see the brothers and sisters that have gone on before me. I'm going to be with the saints of the Old Testament. I can rejoice. I should come into the, in the house of God thanking God that he saw fit to save me. That he sent somebody to tell me about Christ. That he gave me the word of God. I have a reason to rejoice. But the crazy thing is people have been given a tool and they don't use it. Now there's a, a, a parable that Jesus gave in the New Testament, and maybe sometimes you might have gotten a little heartburn because of it. Two different times, one time he said, he gave a man ten talents, and then five talents and one. Another portion of scripture, he gave him five talents, two talents and one. And these were not skills, not that kind of talents, they were measures of money. So figure $10,000, $5,000, one, okay? Or $5,000, $2,001. Two different times, two different uh, parables. And he said, I want you to take this money, I want you to do something with it. In both parables, the guy that had $10,000 and the $5,000, the high guy, he went out, took the money, began to use it. He bought and sold, bought him an old car, sold it for an extra thousand, bought him another car, sold it for an extra thousand, bought him some, you know, some fake Louis Vuitton, sold it as, as real Louis Vuitton. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Whatever he did, he made money. Amen. Uh, you probably didn't cheat. I'm just playing. I want to try to get you awake tonight. Amen. But he took the money, he used it, and he made money. The guy with 5,000, 
in the first parable. Did the same thing. Took the money, went out and bought some food, cooked up some meals, sold plates, made money. But the guy with 1,000, he buried it. And when the guy came back and said, all right, what's going on, fellas? I gave you 5,000. What would you do? He said, hey, I took that five. I made you five more. Here's ten. He said, well done. The guy with 2,000, uh, and again, five, two, ten, five, one on this side, five, two, one on this side, two different parables, same story. The guy with 5,000, and then the guy with 2,000, yeah, I took that money, I went out and bought and sold, I made a profit, now you got 4,000. Then he said to the guy with 1,000, what would you do with it? He said, I took it and I buried it. And here's your 1,000 back. And here's the thing, the guy thought he was doing good. You know, you, you read it and you get this attitude that he's patting himself on the back. I knew you were a tough guy. <laughs> I knew you were kind of rough. And so I made sure that your money wasn't going to go to waste. I made sure it wasn't going to get lost. I made sure it wasn't going to, you know, no one's going to steal it. I buried it. I hid it. Here it is. It's all there, boss. And the boss looked at him and said, you did what? And here's the part that people have a hard time with. He said, take it from him. And give it to the man with the 10,000. And you would say, why in the world? That's not fair. This guy has 10,000. He should have taken half of that money and given it to the guy with 1,000. But God's a good businessman. And if this guy's not making any money with what he gave it to him, then why is he going to give him more to not make more money? Amen? And so he said, the guy that's using it, give it to him. Now, that really wasn't about business. And that's where you miss it. It was about God giving us something and that we're supposed to do something with what God gives us. Now, here's what I want to tell you. God has given you tools. Some of those tools are rejoicing and thanksgiving and praise and worship. And sometimes people have buried those tools instead of using them. And then once they've buried them and not used them, they have the audacity to get upset with somebody else who is praising, who is worshiping, who is doing something with what God gave them to do. Come on to church with me tonight. You're looking at me kind of mean. I'll look right back at you mean. Amen. He did something with it. But the guy that did nothing with it, God said, take it from him. God does not want us to bury what he's given us. God wants us to do something with it. And here's what i got to get into you. I can't do it for you. I cannot do your rejoicing for you. I cannot do your praising for you. I cannot do your worshiping for you. I cannot do your thanksgiving for you. I can encourage you. I can lead you. I can bring the horse to water. You can't make him drink. I, I can teach the Christian. Sometimes i got to teach myself, hey, listen here, self. You never done that before? You ought to get in the mirror sometime and say, hey, you, listen here, you. You know better than walking around feeling sorry for yourself. Who do you think you are? Your name's written in heaven. You're going to go to heaven when you die. Why do you have a reason to complain? There are people around the world don't have two thin dimes to rub together. Here you are, you've got indoor plumbing. Here you are, you've got indoor heat. You're not having to go out and scrounge firewood to keep yourself warm. You're not having to go out of the cave and hunt down a, uh, a, an old bear somewhere to feed your family. All you got to do is go to Schnooks. Easy peasy. Amen? Amen. You don't even have to do that. You just call uh, Walmart delivery, have the food delivered to you. <laughs> Amen? Grubhub. 
You got no reason to sit around and feel sorry for yourself. He said, I want you to rejoice. Don't rejoice in pride because these spirits are subject unto you. Don't think it's all about you, but I want you to rejoice because of what I've done. You heard the old story? Check this out. There was a, an elephant and a mouse. The mouse was catching a ride on the back of the elephant. And they were crossing over one of these, these man-made bridges made of bamboo and rope across this, uh, this ravine. <coughs> and the elephant got on there and that bridge just began swaying as that big old elephant was walking across, rumbling that bridge. And when they got to the other side, the mouse looked down at the elephant and said, didn't we shake that bridge? Amen. Sometimes we walk around like that. Oh, God, those spirits were subject unto me. Oh, come on. It's not anything that you did. You got to understand, if we walk in humility, God can do something. And if we walk in, and sometimes you get these, these super spiritual people, and they want to walk around and, and rebuke the devil here and there, all that stuff. And I understand sometimes you got to rebuke the devil. I'm not taking away from that. But if you walk around with the spirit of pride... You're going to put yourself out of the blessing of God because God resists the proud. When you're going to ask for your heavenly father to back you up, he's going to say, no, I think you've got it yourself. Go ahead and deal with it. Because that's the way you're acting. Amen? We have a tool. God gives us a tool. So why does God say enter into his gates with thanksgiving? Because when we come into God's house with thanksgiving and into the God's house with praise, we create an atmosphere. You ever been around somebody who's entitled? And they're just demanding that you do something for them. And, and sometimes if you don't have to, you just want to tell them, get lost, man. Right? Sometimes you're in a service industry and you got to serve somebody who's being rude to you and being mean and nasty to you. And you, you should be very kind to those people that are serving your food. You read about that recently? There was a guy that got violently ill after going through a, uh, uh, a drive through And they discovered that there was rat poison in his food. And they said this occurred after he had gotten into an argument with the people that were serving him. And they said they cannot figure out how the rat poison got into his food. <laughs> they could not, they could not, didn't have evidence, but we all know how it got into his food, amen. Don't make the guy mad that's putting your food together, amen. You're not going to see me go to a restaurant and send food back. No, I'm just going to not eat it or be quiet because I'm not sure how it's going to come back after I send it. Oh, he didn't like the food, huh? No, thank you. <laughs> you do it if you want. Maybe it all worked out good for you. I don't know. But he said we should enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So an entitled spirit pushes back. It doesn't create an atmosphere of God blessing. But when we come into his house and say, God, I thank you. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you, God, that you healed my body. I thank you that I have a wife. I, I thank you I have a church to come to. Thank you for your word. Thank you for being able to sing and worship. Thank you that we have a place that we can come together. We don't have to worry about the police coming and arresting us tonight, throwing us in jail. Not yet. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we come in and God hears that atmosphere of praise and thanksgiving. He said, look at these people. They are so thankful. They are so grateful. I think I'll just bless them some more but if you come in and you begin to say God I don't know why you're not blessing me you bless sister so and so 
and you bless brother so-and-so, and I've been serving you all these years, and it's not fair. God, you better bless me. <laughs> you are just shutting the windows of heaven. Don't you see it? And you find people that are continually miserable because they have buried their tool. They put this gift that God has given them, this ability to thank God. There should never be a reason for us to grumble. We've got a tool. Just pull out your tool. God, I, I'm grateful. I praise you. I thank you. You cannot continually thank God for any length of time without having a change in your attitude. Try it. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We create an atmosphere where God delights in moving, people praising and thanking him. The Bible said God dwells, he inhabits in the what? The complaints of his people. It didn't say that? Sister Shannon's a Bible reader. She laughed when I said that. Because she knows that's not what the Bible said. He inhabits the grumbling of his people? No, he cursed them. He gave them plagues when they grumbled. You got to be careful, Christian. I'm telling you. For you to walk around, you can, can, you, can you imagine going over to some of these folks that are being persecuted, they're running from place to place, they're scrounging to get a meal. And can you imagine going home and looking at your refrigerator and you got all this stuff in there. And you say, man, I got nothing to eat. Can you imagine what they'd say to you? Amen. Ladies, opening up your closet, you got 50 pairs of shoes, 40 dresses. And you say, I got nothing to wear. Come on now. My poor phone, I got a crack in it. I better go buy a new one. He said, rejoice. We've been given a tool, a tool of praise is a tool against discouragement. When I begin to thank God and praise Him for how good He's been, it's not long until my attitude begins to lift. But you've got to use it. You've got to be the one that says, you know what, I don't know why I buried that thing. It doesn't do me any good down there in the dirt. Let me pull it out, dust it off, and begin to praise God. You can go to work in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. God, I'm so glad I got a job. I'm glad that this thing that's got heat in my car. I'm glad it's Monday and it won't be long until it's Friday. I'm glad it's only 8 hours and not 16 hours today. Amen. God, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm going to have a paycheck. I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad I can work and I'm not uh, having to depend upon somebody else to take care of me. Now, if you got to, you got to. If you're physically disabled, I understand. But if you're able, man, isn't that a blessing? Praise is a tool against discouragement. It's a tool against powerlessness. Because when I begin to thank God for all the things that he's done before, it reminds me of how great he is. Let me take out these five talents, these five tools, and begin to use them. Let me take out that thanksgiving and use it as a tool against ungratefulness, against complaining, against entitlement. We've got no reason to complain, every reason to praise. And so when I begin to thank God, it shuts the mouth of the devil. Think about it. Job had so much. And after all the things that had gone wrong, he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He was, he was saying, God, I know you're going to bring me forth. I'm going to come forth as gold. I mean, even in the, in the worst devastation, the worst illness, the worst loss, he had ten 
coffins in his living room. His children had all been killed and all his crops and all of his money were gone. And his friends came and all they did was blame. Oh, man, that gets my goat. When you need somebody to come alongside you, you don't need them to point out, man, you really blew it this time. Why did you drop that? Didn't you see that there? <laughs> Who needs to hear that when you make a mistake? Amen? Man, that's pretty stupid. And there's just people that just, I don't know what, in their mind they think that's the answer to the problem is to point out that you really messed up. Instead of coming alongside and saying, man, I feel, I feel bad that happened to you, but you know what? It'll get better. God's in control. Amen? Amen? Thanksgiving is a tool. Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He did not. He said, in all of this, Job sinned not. He used his mouth not to complain, but he used his mouth to thank God. Tool, Thanksgiving is a tool against ungratefulness, against complaining, against entitlement. Whenever we begin to think, God, you owe it to me. Remember what the Bible said. We should consider ourselves what? Put it. Okay, I'm sorry. I left it kind of too wide of an, an angle there. Amen? Unprofitable servants. He said, when we've done all that we're supposed to do, we're not supposed to come around and say, all right, God, you owe me. That's crazy. Amen? That's crazy. We should forever thank him. The man said he was complaining about the fact that he didn't have shoes until he saw a man that didn't have feet. Amen? We have no reason to grumble. Joy is a tool against depression. Joy is a tool against sadness. You say, Pastor, you cannot just manufacture joy. I beg to differ. God said that we ought to rejoice. God said that we ought to count it all joy. So if God is not going to tell us to do something that we don't have the ability to do. You know what it really is? We choose to be miserable. Isn't that silly? We choose to be unhappy. If God's giving you power, hey, listen, here it is. I'm giving you $1,000. Buy whatever you want to eat. I'm hungry. Hey, dummy, you got $1,000. Store's open. Call Grubhub. Amen? Call Uber Eats. You know, walk to the store, go to a restaurant, have, call somebody. Hey, I'll give you 100 bucks. Take me to McDonald's. Right? You got it. Why are you going to sit back and say, I'm, man, I'm so hungry. He gives us a tool. We need to use the tool and quit complaining about the fact that we are going through these things. Listen, and I'm not, uh, don't, please, don't turn around and say, you don't understand. We all have battles. We all have difficulties. I am not unmindful of your pain. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to point out that God's given you something to help you in that pain, to help you in that sorrow, to help you in that discouragement, to help you so that you don't have to stay there. What kind of pastor would I be if I just came by and comforted you? Oh, I'm so sorry that you're miserable. You're probably going to be that way for the rest of your life. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Amen. I'm sure you'd come every Sunday to hear that. Poor, pitiful you. Everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I think I'll go eat some worms. Come on now, Christian. Pick yourself up. 
Come in with joy. I've got joy like a river. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. There's a reason we sang some of those. Amen. All right, I'm almost done. He said, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And so when we stand up, we say, man, I've got the devil coming against me, but he's not bigger than the God in you. Man, I've got financial problems coming against me. I've got a God that owns all the gold and silver in a thousand hills. Well, I've got sickness coming against me. My God said that a healing was the children's bread. When I'm fighting a battle in my mind, my God said that when I think on him, I could have perfect peace, have they, whose mind is stayed on him. You say, well, I'm going through some things. Well, my God said to count it all joy. My God said, think on these things. Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honest, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these. Now, you're taking too much of the news. They'll have you thinking about the world's dying and going, you know, to uh, hell in a handbasket. America's down the tubes and everything's going wrong and, and we don't know if we're going to survive. Now that may be the case out there in the world. But man, I've got a God that says he's going to supply all my needs. God hasn't gotten, he didn't get uh, de-elected, amen. He didn't get impeached, he didn't get thrown off the throne, amen. There's no recall against God. So I should rejoice. He said, in another portion of scripture, he said, rejoice and he said, again, I say unto thee, rejoice. And even after Jesus said, listen, I want to tell you, fellas, rejoice. Don't rejoice because the spirits are subject unto you. I mean, that's great and wonderful. Rejoice that these people are responding. But I want you to rejoice because your names are written in the book of heaven. Now, i got to stop. i got to ask you, is your name written in the book of heaven? Because it's not enough to say, well, I'm an American or I believe in God. The devils believe but have you brought your heart and life to Christ and said, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I give you my all. And if you have done that, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believe, with the evidence of speaking out of the tongue? God's given us these tools, and he's given us his own person. So he gives us all these tools, and then he says, I'm going to come inside you by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to help you wield those tools. I look at some of those I've been to. I can't remember where it was. Uh, one of these museums one day. I saw some of those old uh, armors and swords. And, and they had swords that were so heavy that you had to use two hands. I mean, great big handles, thick, five, six foot long swords. And you're thinking, man, I, you need to work out before you go to battle. You're only going to swing that thing a couple, you bet you don't have a chance to miss. You'll be too tuckered out to try to hit him again, amen. So not only does God give us the tools, but he said he would come into us and help us to use the tools. What am I to do? I got to come and get it. I got to come dig out the tool. I got to come and accept and receive what God has. If you're not born again, come and get saved. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, come on musicians, come and get the Holy Ghost. If you're not where you need to be tonight, tonight, come and get it. 
dust off that tool of praise. Why don't you stand with me right now? Dust off that tool of thanksgiving and that tool of, of uh, joy and begin to say, God, I love you. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. You've been so good to me. I'm not going to walk out of here sad and depressed and discouraged. I'm not going to be a, a downer. I'm going to be rejoicing. I'm going to have a, a, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm not going backwards. You got something upbeat, right? Hallelujah, Lord, we love you. We thank you tonight. Come on. You need to get saved. Tonight's the night.